0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. So here is the trailer for Six.
1: What's happening now is unprecedented in Earth's history. Why would we want to disrupt something that took billions of years to evolve? We need to fight it on all fronts. I think it's dawning on us now that this is the big one. OPS is a group I formed. It uses covert operations to expose harmed and endangered species. We're doing an order here. One bottle cam. Right there's a lens. Two buttonhole cameras. Check one, two. Oh, that's good. Just about everything endangered in the world is for sale in China.
2: Look at this stuff. Endangered, highly endangered, highly endangered.
1: The more illegal it is, the more you have to go to the back rooms. We're definitely not welcome
2: here. Oh my gosh! There's things going on that are probably not safe to talk about. We're dumping so much carbon in the oceans it can't take it anymore. Oh, wow.
3: oh, ah.
1: We found this guy, Mr. Lee. He's culling and
2: processing whale sharks.
1: Nobody'd ever gotten a camera in there before.
2: Do we run into people with badges and uniforms? No, Strip really off him. all this stuff. Throw it over a wall. Is it a basking shark
1: oil? Jesus. This world is absolutely insane. Wildlife trade is second only to the drug market in the world. It's that lucrative. We need a getaway driver. And I knew one of the best. I love it. To create a heist, to hijack the world's attention.
4: I think we want to put in an order for a car today.
2: (laughs) Excellent. We'll take one. Blow the lid off
1: this place, right? We gotta go right now. There's been five major extinctions in the history of the planet. This may be the sixth. When you're talking about losing all of nature, it's not a spectator sport anymore. Everybody has to become active somehow. The idea is to inspire people. Life wants to flourish. DNA wants to go forward. We need to be part of that. People that have been in the business that don't even bother. But
2: better to light one candle than curse the darkness. There's so many people who sit back and say, we're screwed. But you know what? That one candle, maybe someone else with a candle will find you. And I think that's where movements are started. Here.
0: And now I welcome the filmmaking team and also the subjects of Six: the Movie. If you want to go around, we can all, we, Maybe if, yes, be good.
1: that would be yeah. great. I'm Luisa Hoyes. I'm the director of Six.
4: And I'm Leilani Munter. I am the driver of the getaway Tesla.
5: I'm Fisher Stevens, one of the producers of Six.
2: I'm Sean Heinrichs, and I, I'm an
4: activist.
5: I'm Travis
3: Threlkel, and I'm doing uh, installations with light. Thank you.
0: So what did you learn from watching the film last night with an audience?
1: Boy, I think the you know the the dream is that uh it's gonna impact people and it's gonna you know m- make them change behavior and the overwhelming response I got was that it's uh, it's the film's working even in its unfinished state uh I was uh, thrilled because I thought you know the, the the fear is that people will be like ambivalent like oh that's that's okay and uh it was just uh a couple of people said it was better than the last movie which was heartening. <laughs>
4: That's a powerful uh, sentence right there, because for me, The Cove really changed my life. I mean, when I saw The Cove, actually, my husband and I got on a plane and flew to Japan, and I became an activist around um, the dolphin slaughter. So um, I had several people come up to me and tell me that they cried. Um, And I think if you're bringing tears to people's eyes, then you're really touching them. So it seemed like a really positive response. And we've got a lot more exciting things that are still coming. So I'm, you know, to have such a positive response and we're not even finished with the film. And I know how many exciting things are coming. um, Yeah, it felt really good. And uh, it's. Uh, do you view
0: yourselves primarily as activists or artists, and if you could talk a little bit about the relationship between those two roles?
1: Oh I mean I, I see myself as a as an activist first, a filmmaker second. I mean I, my, the secret to my success, if I have any, is that I hire people that are much better filmmakers than myself. you know I got you know Fisher and Olivia Adam the producers, and you know I hire great people and uh, uh, so. Uh, but my, my background—I was, I was a photographer of Financial Geographic for about two decades, so I have a, a fairly decent eye, and I try to bring those skills I learned from making still pictures into filmmaking as much as I can to influence the, you know, the story. But you know, this, the secret to, to what I do is hire people like them.
4: I definitely see myself as an activist. Um, you know, my race car is just a way for me to carry these messages to the race fans. Um, so definitely, I'm an activist first and a and a racer second
5: definitely feel uh like a, a filmmaker first but love activism and love hanging this guy just i have to talk about him for 2 seconds because we um louis uh has to had to finish the the cut for tribeca which screened last night and he was unable to go on this last shoot because basically Sean Hendricks is saving manta rays on the planet, and he's one of the main characters in the film, and he's doing incredible work, not just with manta rays, but with sharks and all kinds of species, and he's a true warrior and hero, and when you see the film, you'll really get it. But um, watching him work and being in the field with this guy, and I'm uh, so honored and grateful to have gotten to watch him work, it makes you an activist. You cannot not be an activist watching him or... Listening to these amazing experts that Louis has compiled in the film, you can't help but be an activist. So, I want to thank Louis for actually helping me become more active by through our filmmaking. And uh, and he is a great artist, by the way. His photographs are just incredible. So, you you, you're both. But um, anyway, so both.
4: Um, I just wanted to add. There's a really powerful line that Louis says in The Cove, where he says, "You're either an activist or an inactivist," and that line really touched me in The Cove. And I think anybody that walks out of these movies will be activists when they walk out. And then I'm
0: not sure how many people here have uh, seen The Cove or went last night to see Six the movie. Can you? Uh, obviously, we saw this trailer here, but um, does anyone here want to sort of give the uh, the little elevator pitch for what the movie is, beyond what we saw on the screen here?
1: Well, oh boy, I always describe it as like the, the Avengers, but real.
0: <laughs> and animated.
5: It's a, it a, sh-
1: it a two-story building so, for that but elevator was, pitch.
5: But Scarlett Johansson wasn't available, so we got <laughs> Leilani.
1: We, we do have the real-life Iron Man, though, <laughs> with Elon Musk, yeah.
2: I think I'd just add that, for me the film is about everyday people, who decided they were going to stop being everyday people. They were going to get motivated and do something about it. I was never a photographer. I didn't know a thing about filmmaking. I didn't know anything about conservation. But about 15 years ago, I saw things happening that I couldn't ignore. And I think for everyone sitting up here, I think it's not something that we want to do. It's something we can't help but do. You have to, you have to, you're obligated to take action when you see something like this happening. So I think we're just a bunch of people up here who are doing everything we can with what we have, and that includes using our art, developing skills we never had, pushing the car, pushing everybody to the limits, and I think that's the message for me in the film, is it's not us. It's it's literally everybody out there and what everybody can do. We're just here to represent it.
5: So yeah. the, and oh, Travis. Sorry. So Travis, you know, he, he doesn't have to be hanging out with us because he makes incredible light installations all over the world, and he's using his talent... Uh, as activism, and that's kind of the ideas. I think part of the film is to get people to realize what is your talent, what can you do. I'll just say, the more I work on these movies, it's very easy to get depressed because it's, there's a lot of crazy shit going on out there, and uh, unless there is a change in consciousness, we will you know, face this sixth extinction, which is what the film is about, so...
0: Which raises a good question, though, that there is so much going on in the world in terms of uh, environmental issues that we have to be concerned about. How did you decide what areas to focus on?
1: Well, I mean, the film covers a range of species from the largest animal in the world uh, that ever existed, the blue whale, to plankton. And plankton isn't just the base of the food chain. It's responsible for at least two out of every three breasts that you take. And we're losing plankton at the rate, because of, of acidification, we're heating up the oceans. We're losing plankton, some say, at the rate of about 1% a year. We might have lost 40% of plankton phytoplankton production since the last 50 years. So what we're doing to the planet right now is unprecedented. It's, uh, you know, in Earth's history, where one species is causing maybe the demise of half the species on the planet by the end of the century. We're, we're killing the oxygen supply of the, of the planet so the film to me was easy because c- I, I always wanted to see a, a you know a, a human being on scale with a blue whale and we have that you know we have that imagery which just is just phenomenal and then t- to go to the littlest thing you can't even see and realize that it, it, by the way when you look at plankton this, there's this this every drop of the water of, of, in the ocean has full of Plankton, phytoplankton, zooplankton, and it's like this microscopic universe that's just full of absolute beauty and wonder. And when you see that in the film, you realize that this this is all going on everywhere, but you don't you don't realize that Part of the film is is taking the idea that you can't see things, and you can't you know the, our our bodies are are very sort of poor. <sighs> Tool to observe the world. You know, you think of you know the reality of what you see right now is what you're rese- what, what you're actually looking at. But you know, w- there's one line of a guy that works with this camera that we helped develop. It's called a FLIR camera, forward-looking infrared camera. He describes it as a it's like you have a grand piano p- piano in your house. You know, your vision and you can only hear one note on it. The electromagnetic spectrum of what you're looking at me right now is a very small band of light that is perceptible to our eyes. But that with this camera, we're allowed to see. Uh, other bands of light that are invisible to human eye, like carbon dioxide. So we have this camera on the, in, the, in the film where you can actually visualize carbon dioxide. If, you, if I filmed myself with it right now, it look like I'm smoking. You see the carbon dioxide coming out. So we go around with this camera and we show planes taking off at LAX. We show traffic on the, the harbor freeway. We just show weed whackers and all these everyday objects. So this carbon dioxide world which is destroying the planet, you actually get to see it. This, and this is what, by the way, is acidifying the oceans. So the, the film is, is a way to, you know, to hear things that you haven't seen. We have The blue whale is the biggest animal in the world ever. And it has the loudest song in the animal kingdom, but you can't hear it. It's below your threshold for hearing. It's, it, but it's, it's so loud, its voice can actually be... Tra- they're actually communicating across entire ocean bases to talk with each other. And it's like a fiber optic network where these animals have developed this incredibly loud sound, so they can actually communicate over thousands and thousands of miles. So the, the film, to me, is just it just brings me tingles because you realize that there's this hidden world out there, and when you start to, to see part of it and hear part of it, it just you know it gives me chills.
0: Are you worried about um, run-ins with the police or any? Um, is there anything you would any line you would not cross?
4: Well, I'm, I'm the driver of the getaway car, and um, <laughs> when Louis first uh, told me what I was going to be doing in the film, I had to wait for like four months. I knew I had a job in the film, but I didn't know what it was, and I thought I was probably going to be driving, and uh, when he was telling me about it, he said, you know, our, our ideas for the film have sort of evolved since we first thought this up, and some of them are now borderline legal. (laughs) And so I looked at him and I said, you know, are you telling me that at the end of this film, um, it's possible that we could be in jail? And he just got this really big smile on his face and he looked back at me and he said, oh no, just you. (laughs) So, but there is no line, honestly, that I wouldn't cross for this because, you know, what we're doing is really important. And I feel like if there's Anything worth getting in trouble for? It's this. It's about saving our planet. It's about raising awareness, and that's worth it to me.
0: What What about the rest of the team? Uh, I,
3: I think that's true for for all of us. I think we're all ready to do whatever we can. I, I would not, except for except for official. Sure. <laughs> um, but basically, what a lot of our tactics are around you know basically breaking rules that don't exist yet. Um, we'll we'll wait for them to become laws later, but we we can get in a lot less trouble when there's a really, that is a gray area. So a lot of the tactics that you'll see in the film, things that we're doing from a messaging and campaigning standpoint, there aren't any regulations about them because they are very new.
2: I think I might add that in my part of the world, um, which is kind of the rest of the world, uh, the things we're documenting, the stories we're telling, are not things that industry or governments or just about anyone wants revealed. So when you're in places that you see in the film, like China and Southeast Asia, uh, apprehension results in a long time in a place without any process. And especially in some of, the, some of the stuff we filmed in the film, the keys would be thrown away. So it's really, it's very real work. It's very dangerous work in some cases. But if you don't do that work, that story will remain hidden. And that's not what this story is about. This is about the truth.
3: And. I think another part of this story, this, the story, big, you know, the big unseen thing here, what's really invisible is that we are basically trying to break the biggest story on the planet. So this is the sixth mass extinction of all life on the planet and no one's talking about it. So this is an invisible truth that we have to find a way to make it a paramount discussion point that everyone's willing to take part in changing.
0: And then obviously it is such an important and huge issue. How do you encourage people to walk away and not feel uh, hopeless? I mean, how do you how do you give people hope on when we are in such a dire situation?
5: Well, I, hope is uh, in many forms, I think, and uh, the the film is uplifting. In the end, it's very uplifting. You have people. I I think this these people on the stage are very inspiring, and it will. Uh, it's not like we're saying... There are solutions. You know, Louis does talk in the movie about how there's 1.3 billion cows on the earth and there are more cows than cars and the methane coming out of the cows is 20 times worse than the carbon dioxide, which you see. So a lot of people have seen the film last night. They came up to me and they go, I got to stop eating meat, man, because these cows, are, they're killing the planet. So little step by step by step, there are, there are ways... He's saving the species, mantas. There are solutions on how to save manta rays, which I don't even know, has anyone in here ever seen a manta ray up close? I, they are mind-blowingly beautiful. They're one of the, uh, when I first saw one, it was, t- literally took my breath away. And they're being whacked in this place called Lanakara that we went to at, at a, the fastest rate anywhere. And Sean has a, a solution on how to stop them being killed in the village he's not going to tell them what to do but he's going to offer them a solution so this, this film i think is full of hope s- smaller and bigger and you know you have elon musk with electric cars and there's a lot of solutions but people do have to wake up and i think w- this we all know that it's a, it's a steep hill but that's what the film's about like get everybody on board it's a movement
0: and along with that movement at the end of the film, without giving away any any specifics, um, there is a focus on how you can use art and maybe unconventional methods to literally drive change. Um, do you see this as part of a larger movement around the world where activists are getting creative?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's a... Uh, um, what we want to do with with one one reason that the film isn't yet finished is we want to do this, this massive projection event sometime in the near future. Uh, we're trying to raise funds for it right now, but using uh, what Travis does is the world's largest projections. What, what, what actually? Why don't you talk about it, Travis? What we're trying to do?
3: Well, um, basically, we we I've been doing things with like skyscrapers and large scale types of visualization. Everything we're using, I mean, these are all. Filmmakers and photographers and, and and environmentalists that have incredible content, but bringing this up to scale, like something as small as plankton, uh, up to the scale of the Empire State Building. So one of the centerpieces of our project is is the um, centered around the Empire State Building. So we'll be bringing these species to Manhattan at the scale of the the skyline of Midtown Manhattan. So that's a it's going to be a, a massive installation across this city. Um, the the Empire State Building is a centerpiece. It's been converted to a green building, so there's much more of a story there about the possibility of buildings converting to a green, uh, more sustainable consumption rates. And um, they've had a tremendous success story around the Empire State Building, the icon- the iconic nature of that and the scale of it. When we bring up microorganisms like plankton, and we are able to explain and show the world that this is where your, your, the air that you breathe comes from. And we're at risk of shutting down our entire ecosystem. I mean, we can bring um, use imagery to change consciousness um, with the power of what these these people have been making and, and capturing.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the impact uh, that the Cove had, and then how uh, the Cove led you to six the movie? If you could talk a little bit about sort of post Cove.
1: Well. Uh, the, the Cove has inspired, I think, 13 countries now to ban the import of wild dolphins for dolphin shows. Uh, the, 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 the killing of dolphins in Japan has been decreased by about two-thirds in that, in that particular town and that area. Um, and I think most importantly, it inspired um, a woman that saw the, that, that, our film to become a vegan, and she also ended up being the executive producer of a film called Blackfish. And that Blackfish, we sort of, you know, helped in a way vicariously spawn this other movie that's actually much more effective on cetacean issues than, than we are. But um, that film is, uh, boy, I've been reached by, you know, tens and tens of millions of people around the world. And that film continues to do incredible work. There's uh, California is n- initiating a bill right now to ban, um, you know, the wild orcas for, or orcas for, for dolphin shows. Um, a, a bill is just being introduced into the EU, the European... Uh, Union, and they're going to be, uh, you know, looking at that bill of banning all cetaceans for dolphin shows. So it's, it's part of a, a you know, if, if you look at the at the, the human rights movement, it took a really long time. We're at the very beginning of the animal rights movement, where we're affording rights the same rights that you you subscribe to to human beings to animals, and that's I think that's part of our natural evolution is to give, you know, animals a voice. You know, what we're doing right now is just unconscionable. Where we're uh, we're basically vacuuming through the, all the wildlife so we can make more room for humans. And we have to realize that we're all part of the same ecosystem. You can't take out these massive chunks of, of animals and expect us to survive. We're all connected. You know, when you look at plankton, there's no way to survive with human beings by, with an acidic ocean. It's not just the base of the food chain, it's, it's us, you know, that we're, we're going to be killing.
4: Um, Speaking of Blackfish too, I'm going to be bringing that message next weekend. Um, Actually, a week from today, I'll be running a Blackfish race car at Talladega Super Speedway and hopefully getting a whole lot of NASCAR fans and racing fans to see this message. And I did the same thing with The Cove a couple years ago, so um, my job is to sort of get it to the demographic of people that I can reach, which are the race fans, and um, I think a lot of minds have been opened by both of those movies.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, is a she's a race car driver you know, in a male-dominated sport with environmental messages in a sport that really doesn't care at all about the environment. So, I mean, t- can you talk just a, a minute about why you do what you do? Because it's, uh, the, one of the responses I had from the movie last night was like, how can environmentalists, you know, be working on these issues?
4: Right. So, my degree is actually in biology. Um, so, the environmental... Uh, passion that I've had has has been there ever since I was a kid, and then I started racing cars um, in 2001, and I quickly realized that the race car became a vehicle that I could bring messages about climate change and clean energy and the Cove and Blackfish and extinction um, to 75 million race fans who would never normally hear my messages. You know, if we only speak to people who already believe in what we do, then who is going to change the minds of those who don't? And my race car is a way for me to really carry these messages to an untapped demographic. And, um, you know, I've gotten messages from race fans that have asked me since 2007. I've been adopting an acre of rainforest for every race that I run to offset the carbon footprint of the fuel that I have to burn in that race. And I've gotten messages from, you know, lifelong NASCAR fans asking me how they can adopt an acre of rainforest. So it it is really, um, that's that's when I feel like I have the most purpose. When I'm at an environmental event, and I'm giving a speech, I feel like, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm, pe- I'm talking to people that already get it or they wouldn't be at the environmental event. But when I'm at the racetrack and I'm talking to race fans about their carbon footprint, um, that's when I feel like I'm really moving the needle. And that's how you create a movement is you have to have that more difficult discussion of talking to the people who don't agree with you. Because that's the only way you're really going to be effective. So to me, it's the most important conversation we can have.
0: Well, I think we have time to take some questions from the audience.
3: My question was for Louis. Like, what was the tipping point for your creativity to lead to activism?
1: I remember the the exact moment it happened. I was up, I was trying to to get to to film the cove in Taiji, doing it legally. And I'd been, I know, I think it was like seven hours at negotiations at the the mayor's office on a saturday it's sunday. at sunday i met for 5 hours with the fishermen's union the dolphin hunting union and then they turned me down and i went up on the t- up on the top of the hill and i thought well how can i do this story and i had this lightning bolt of an idea and i thought well if we can get break into the cove that we can actually show what's going on and that was like i, re- I realized that i was crossing that boundary of of being a a journalist where you're supposed to be you know an observer but i, re- I realized that there was like a uh, this this lightning bolt of a feeling, this euphoria that came over me. I thought, well, if I can break out of this journalist shell and do just what the hell I want to do, which is get in there and see what's going on, I could actually do something to save these creatures. And it just, uh, it just became very, very clear at that moment, on top of that hill, Tsunami Park, looking down that what my job was. And then um, I just realized that we could, we could tell a really good story if we could get in there. And that, that was it for me and then uh it just set us off on this this whole path of what we're doing right now. Actually, I have two questions first uh how did it start? Just I suppose that like you can you couldn't foretell like how things will go on about like events or something like this because you 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 made like documentary, so did you have like script or something like this and another uh, another question I suppose it will be to Travis. Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but still, I, um, I'm just wondering: Did you use like any technologies to visualize like sound of um, of whales or something like this? Like, did you use like some new technologies to visualize like anything? <laughs> Thank you. We have a, a really generous uh, philanthropist that's donating you know most of the money for this film, and he wanted to see a shooting script. And uh, I said, you know, there's just no way I can do that. You know, I said, if we're doing our job, we're going to be discovering things all along the way. And, you know, we can sort of aim for this idea that we want to make a film that's not just creating awareness, but we're inspiring people. How we get there, I don't know, but I think that you you start with that vision that you're going to have to create the exposition, the awareness, but at the end, you really, it's not just about making people feel bad with saying what's going on. You want to... I wanted to make a film that was about activism. How do you motivate people and inspire them to actually become activists at the end of the film? So that was the end goal. That was the sort of the script in my head. And how you fill in all the other pieces just came about just by by you know taking the next step.
3: Yeah, and then um, on your question about how we... What are sort of technologies or approaches for visualizing sound? It's kind of a... I'd say that we have different... We've been... Um, implementing new sound technologies, not necessarily visual right now, but we've been working with uh, uh, the inventor of the LRAD system, which is like a weaponized uh, audio system for crowd control, um, to do these, uh, but to create uh, sort of new tools to to actually broadcast and beam um, with these types of ultrasonic um, speakers, essentially that are like these spotlight beams that we can place sounds in very um, interesting places and very loudly. is one of the types of new technologies. Louis has been using a lot of very high-resolution recording, also to implement in phases of the film. Um, but th- this, the film is incomplete. So we are—it's it, very dynamic. It's alive. We are learn—we're learning. We may be going to jail. We may not be going to jail. Um, but it's—it's it's alive right now. And uh, so that's what was screened last night. It was something that's very much in progress, and it's unfolding for us too right now. I mean, we have—we have goals and you know ambitions and. You know, And this is really all about accelerating the entire movement and accelerating all the solutions that are already out there. Hi, we saw the film last night and it was just so breathtaking and we had no idea what it was going to be about when we went into it. Um, So I just want to say congratulations.
1: Neither did we.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then my question is on the theme of, you know, you guys described the film as a work in progress. So... We went to dinner afterward and we were talking about well this topic it's always going to be a work in progress right so how do you see the distribution going forward for this film you know i would have loved to see more screenings of it during the tribeca film festival but you know come summer you're planning to it seems like do something broader in the fall but in between now and then are you going to continue to
1: build on the film? Yeah, well, it's, it's this this massive projection event that Travis is going to do. That's the you know that that'll be the that'll be woven in the climax of the llama kerosene scene. You know, the idea is to do something that's really epic. You know, to me, it's not just about making a movie; it's about inspiring this movement. And you do a, a good film. You see, you know, you see, you know, nine hundred people saw it last night, and, and they go tell their friends. That's creating buzz. But what if we take over the entire Manhattan skyline of Midtown, and you're seeing, you know the last frog of a species a thousand feet tall. And so to me, the, the, the end of the movie is not, it's a, it's a way to sort of brilliantly begin a campaign of, of awareness and then, again, inspiring people to, to solve the issue. It's, uh, so it's, I don't want to make a, a, a great movie. I want to start a movement. And so that's, that's the whole idea of the projection event, just get this, you know, amplify it so that you do something that's so stunning, so visual, that everybody wants to share it. You know the you know Travis always talks about like the, you know the the new viral was you know when we started talking to each other you know something going viral was like ten million people, and now it's what do you say Travis maybe a billion?
3: Yeah, I- internally like um, when we work with YouTube and we're talking to YouTube about what the channels would be for vir- viral, what they used to consider ten million a pretty successful uh, hit, now it's a hundred million and that's growing to a billion very quickly so it's a it's an exponential rate of of eyes so I mean we're, we're we're targeting you know we want we want at least
5: we want half the planet to get the message but I think also doing a work in progress is is for us to when you're doing a movie about extinction it's a huge subject right so it, part of our challenge is how do you seamlessly incorporate you know manta rays dinosaurs carbon methane um, Cows. There's so much going on, and what's beautiful for us is to see how the flow of the film goes. And we got a really good sense of it last night. It's not easy, and I feel like after the screening, you know, we were very inspired by. Oh, we can make this better. Make this better, and give us time to get the projections together and have a. You know, I I think this it, it, this movie should be seen on a big screen, and then it should be seen in your homes, and it should be seen in schools, and it. You know, this is the big. This is a big issue that people need to know about and we try to make it as entertaining and palatable as possible because it's not all fun and games but, but we're glad you liked it
0: Hi, thanks. Um, I just
2: saw it last night too and I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I guess my question is based more on the future proje- the projections um, Have you talked to the, like Bill de Blasio about possibly doing these projections? Is it going to be more of a guerrilla style campaign or is it going to be more where the city's on board with it?
3: The city's on board with it. I mean, we can't do anything at this scale without actually, you know, some permissions and and you know, lots of permits and there, there's a lot of a lot of logistics involved with pulling this off. But it's it. This is very very much um, above the board. Yeah. But well, um,
4: not all of it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, some of the, them
4: are. Some of them are. not
1: right. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like to project on an Empire State Building, you know, Tony Malkin is a. a, a a friend of Leilani's and he's a colleague, he's, he understands what we're trying to do and he's on board with it. And uh, we have some of the, the owners of the, the Chrysler building, the Rock Center, MetLife are on board. So it's, it's uh, now it's just a matter of getting the financing and then you know unleashing Travis's creativity.
0: Well, thank you so much to everyone who came out today and thank you to everyone who's up here for all the important work you're doing. Though it's a work in progress, you can find out more about the project and how you could get involved and maybe provide some input at six, the numeral six, and, uh And thanks again.
5: Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you.
0: you. Thank you.